When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome into running it straight for another Wednesday afternoon. We're in the month of August, people. Sam Hewitt sitting alongside former Warriors coach, former Kiwi, Tony Kemp. Uh, Kempy. Afternoon, Welcome in, Sammy. How are you? I'm all good, mate. Good. I'm all good. Looking good. forward to the next hour. Yeah, good call from Outsmart on Friday night, which we're going to talk about very, very shortly. Got a busy show coming up between now and four o'clock. We're going to sp- uh, speak with Mark Spud Carroll. Spud, uh, Kempy, I know, is, uh, is rearing to have a chat to him. He's a real character of the game. Also, an ECN. Caller commentator across the ditch, so we're uh, going to catch up with Spud. Uh, we'll go through uh, the round 20 games over the weekend, look forward to round 21 coming up this weekend, plus a lot of, I guess, little issues and uh, and controversies floating around the NRL this week. It was a massive weekend for the competition. So many moving parts, uh, players suspended, uh, top four teams losing, other teams moving around, so uh, plenty to get stuck into. Remember, if you want to have your say, uh, you can just text us on double eight double three. We do our six again segment after 3.30, where we answer your questions on the text machine. So if you want have you say uh, just give us a text on double eight double three we are talking rugby league right up until four o'clock before the run home but we start off as we always do with Kempy's call Kempy's call yeah big nelson got out of jail with a get out of jail free card on the weekend against the warriors after rearranging a couple of weight against teeth didn't get cited not even a fine you lost peppenhausen they lose meanie man if they lost nelson a You can say one thing, Melbourne got lucky. And Nathan Cleary, on the other hand, puts his hand between the legs of Dylan Brown and spares him headfirst into the ground, copping an early plea, and gets the rest and recuperate ticket for the next five weeks. Along with Luai Crichton, the Penrith trio will hit the ground running come finals time, rearing to go. And what about the Broncos who dipped out of form going down to the luckless Tigers? They've lost a player too with one of those, another bad tackle. And the Sharkies sharpening their teeth against the red-hot rabbits outfit. Well, how good is it? The footy at the moment. Yep, it's a silly season. The run into the finals. Suspensions, injuries, and everyone guessing who's going to be affected next. What's going to happen this weekend, Sam? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. That was Kempe's call. Oh, yeah, there's so much to get stuck into, um, Kempe. And the suspension one's interesting. Um, maybe we just touch on that now quickly because Nelson Asafa Solomon, who escapes punishment. Now, we called the game from Mount Smart on Friday night, and it was two tackles within the first three minutes that Nelson Asafa Solomon was uh, penalised for. He, he tipped. Uh, I think it was Chanel, was it Chanel Harris Tavita maybe right yep, in that first right. play? And then, and then obviously the Wade Egan tackle later on. And Nelson is no stranger 
to you know a little bit of niggle in the ruck. Plays, so, it, plays it tough, Nelson. You know, like he's a he's a tough kid from Upper Hutt, and and goes out there and and plays like he owns the football field. The, he's a big human mm. man. He's you know the hundred twenty five kilos coming down on top of waiting, and he'd be ringing wet ninety kilos. Yeah. Uh, it had to hurt. I actually thought that waiting had broken his jaw. Yeah, we, yeah. But did. when you saw the side-on view, we, we, you know, we've got the, the the joy of seeing different camera views while we're sitting up in the box. But there's one view there which clearly shows intent. I have no idea what the judicial um, was looking at when they saw, when they cited that footage to say he had nothing to answer to. Well, especially when you compare it to some of the other suspensions they've been handing out as well. You know, I know Paddy Harrigan's got a four-week ban. We talked about clear. I mean, clear. they were all bad tackles as well. But you'd just think at least a one or two game, you know, suspension was on the cards for, uh, for Big a, Nelson. It's a massive problem the NRL need to sort out. They've yeah. been working around this judicial issue for years. But it's you, you've got to stop the... the I guess the me, the menial fines, like the the nothing fines yeah. that are twelve hundred dollars when they're they're on a million dollars a year, the players <laughs> it, it means nothing to them. What you got to do, this is what I, I've had a good think about it. What you got to do is you set some protocol. Yep. So you say right, if it's a spare tackle, if it's intent to the face, if it's a headshot, and then you just give them the weeks. You don't even say yeah, like you've no. got to go to the judiciary. Yeah. Right. So stamp it out. Yeah. Like stamp it right out. Well, you you got to ask why why they do it, Kempi, and, and you know player safety is what they always cite. But with with so much inconsistency like this, it, it, I mean, even the players are guessing, right? Like when they're going into rucks and tackles, that they, they, they're guessing as to whether or not something's going to get pulled up for four weeks, whether they're going to get off with a fine. So. I th- I'm I'm sort of with you. Why not just make it black and white? You well, know, and, if you've and got to try and stamp it out, yeah. like you know, don't. I feel sorry for Wade Egan. You know, he's the one who has to go and visit the dentist this week. Exactly, get, get his cracked teeth all re re sorted or whatever. However you do that, and and here's the kid walking around, you know, worse for wear, and the the likes of the judiciary and the NRL saying, no, well, the other big bike who did it, it's got nothing to answer for. Well, who pays the dentist bill? Mm. What do you think that? Like there's no intent to crack those teeth, but he's got a dentist bill. Does it's not? It's, there's no logic in yeah, that. Yeah, and and someone made a good point as well. I think it might have been on SCN over the weekend um, on one of the commentaries that like you can't take the severity of the injury into account because it's like you're waiting for something bad to happen. I mean, that tackle from Nathan Cleary could have broken the guy's neck. Who said that? Seriously, I I can't remember who said it, but they said like for you can't take the you can't take the injury the severity of the injury into it. Of course you have to. Like, no, but I think his point was just because he wasn't, you know, stretched off the field and you know had blood oh, pouring because out, he wasn't because injured. he wasn't. You can't then just go, oh well, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, it, that, you know, it was. A, it could have been a lot serious than it was. If you want to get rid saying, of it, have a blueprint. Yeah, you know, like where you go across and if you say the action is you put your hand between the legs and flip a player. Exactly. Up, as soon as you do that action, yep. it's four weeks. Totally. Doesn't matter where he lands or how he lands. Yeah. He goes if you hit, if you hit someone square on the jaw with a swinging arm, it's four weeks. Yeah. You know, there's, totally there's no no way out of it. And I think the only way you can stamp it out is by issuing penalties straight away. Like, they lawyer up and go to these judiciaries in, the, in their suits and, and play cat and mouse with the judicial system to try and get it down. Nathan Cleary, I'll tell you what, when he took that early plea, he knew he was going to get longer. Mm. He knew he was going to get longer. The, 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 the games that they play at the moment, the coaches are so smart, they're outsmarting everyone all over the, all over the, um, the game. And the captain's challenge and the judicial box, you know, just we've got to sort this out. Yeah, and and like I've I've said since Friday night, if Wade Egan had gone off, you know, with a broken jaw, say they were blood gushing out, or they needed to stretch him off, it'd be a ban. 
I think hands down it would be a ban. It's just the fact that he's sort of all okay. He came back to the field of play, kept playing for the rest of the 80 minutes. That I think the judiciary go, oh, well, you know, it wasn't as big a contact as we thought it was, which I think is problematic. So. Well, mate, I, remember, I remember Mark Brokenshaw, game we played against Manly up in Newcastle in 89, and Mark Brokenshaw run into Anthony Butterfield and David Boyd. Uh, the Bruise Brothers, they called him back then, and they hit him that hard, they snapped his forearm. Jeez. Well, he played the whole game with a snapped forearm. He was injured. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, blokes are tough, mate. The mm. footballers are tough. Mm. They play with injuries. That's that's the nature of the game. Doesn't mean that if you the the intent, the camera, the shot shows Big Nelson was obvious, yeah. coming down, leading with his forearm, and intent to to to, to rearrange your face. It's the same with Jared Warrior Hargraves on the weekend against um, the the Sydney City game when he was yeah. rubbing the the forearm right across the like. If you're gonna attack the face, mm. like just say, look, mate, that's four weeks. Mm. Don't do it. Yeah, look, Kimmy, uh, we can keep talking about it after 3 3. We've got to go through our round run through for round 20. Our round rewind, we'll do that now. Round rewind. So on Thursday night, it was the uh, Manly Roosters game, and obviously a lot of controversy surrounding that. Roosters coming out on top 20 points to 10, which I thought wasn't. You know, as convincing as it probably should have been, Kempi. Everyone thought they were going to win by by a heap. But well, they uh, had a half. They had half a team us and Manly, but mm. they all showed up and played really, really well. So, um, yeah, it was always going to be a hard one for Manly to win, uh, having seven of their their star players pull out of that game. But they got the job done. The Roosters. They're still in the eight. That's where they want to be. Uh, Storm Warriors on Friday night. We caught it from Mount Smart. Storm twenty four. Warriors twelve. I mean, the Storm just still aren't at their best, despite beating the Warriors on Friday night. I thought the Warriors actually played pretty well. Edward Cossey with three tries. The Storm are just nowhere near that that sort of top position they've held for the last five years. No, and they put Grant Anderson, who couldn't defend, back in the centres this week, you yeah. know, and put Nufaloma on the wing, who hasn't played a game down there. They've got no Pepinels, and, uh, you know, they're still struggling to find some form. Got Brandon Smith, though, back on the bench, which will make a difference against the Warriors, who are, who are good in patches, mate. 40 minutes, 60 minutes, they play football. They've got to get an 80-minute effort out if they're looking for any chance of getting two points. The late Friday night game straight after the Warriors was the Eels-Panthers, and we were watching it on the screen uh, when we were still in the commentary booth, and that red card was obviously the turning point. Nathan Cleary, Simmons in the 17th minute, the Eels go on to absolutely towel up the Panthers, 34-10. to 10. Um, we, we predicted that Eels might tip up the Panthers, didn't expect the red card, um, but... Gee, if you're a Panthers fan, it might be a little bit of panic heading into the finals. You've got your two best halves out. Well, still, they're only six points in, in front of the Cowboys too, so they haven't got the minor premiership wrapped up by any um, chance at the moment. So I thought the Eels were playing better anyway when they had 13 men on the football field than, than Penrith at the time. Mm. They see, they seem to go to sleep. They got a good lead at halftime. They lost the second half points-wise, but got the job done. Absolutely. So the Eels are riding high after that win. Uh, the Raiders and the Titans on the uh, 5 o'clock Saturday game. The Raiders doing the job. Game of touch. <laughs> Six boys to 20, uh, 24. Then the Sharks Rabbitohs, which was sort of the game of the round on Saturday evening, 730. Great game of football. Went to Golden Point. Nico Hines with the field goal in the 86th minute. Does that is that a bit of a not a wake up call for Rabbitohs fans, but we've all been um, jumping on them in the last few weeks, Kempi. Is it just a little bit of a reality check for them? Look, I think the I think the Rabbitohs and the Sharks are going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the year. Uh, he had three shots at field goal. Latrell Mitchell couldn't couldn't get it done. Nico Hines off a back of a penalty going into going into the, uh, the Rabbitohs half gets it done late in the game. They shouldn't have been in that position anyway, the Sharks. Yeah. They yeah. had it wrapped up early. Uh, then the late night Saturday game was also a cracker. It was the Tigers and the Broncos and we've been talking about the Broncos. You know, a smoky for the Premiership. The Tigers go and do the upset. 32 points to 18. Uh, Adam Dewey in that um, st- um, starting 5-8 role, Kempi, it almost transforms that Tigers team. 
Yeah, look, I think I think the Tigers have got some more wins in them. That's a, that's yeah, a scary part coming absolutely. off the bottom of their table and just wonders where the Warriors end up down the bottom there with my Knights. So I think uh, you can throw the Knights and the Warriors in a, in a in a battle for the spoon with the Tigers. The Broncos, yeah, I hope they can bounce back this week. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about the Broncos being premiership. Uh, you know, potentially contenders, that'll set them back a little bit. Um, then the Bulldogs beating the Knights 24 points to 10 on Sunday. The Cowboys getting the job done over the How Dragons. How good were the Cowboys? 34 to 8. They are looking very, very strong. And like How you good said, is Nanoi? Yeah. I think that's the record for the most tries by a forward in Cowboys Mate, history in one season. Top, top five, four wingers and a back row from the Cowboys. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's fantastic. So they, they are chasing down those Panthers uh, in that top position. We'll see how that plays out. We'll go through the round 21 games a little bit later on, but we've got Spud Carroll uh, waiting on the line. So we're going to catch up with him right after this. Yeah, well, it's a uh, very special privilege to welcome into the show former uh, South Sydney Rabbitoh, former Manly Sea Eagle. He commentates for SEN across, across the ditch. He's a character. Uh, Mark Spud Carroll, and he joins us on the line. G'day, Spud. How you doing, mate? Uh, good morning, good evening, afternoon. I don't know what time it is in New Zealand, but in Sydney, we've got uh, clear skies here, finally, no rain. Oh, beautiful, mate. We've only the sun's only just come out, comes out like once or twice in the winter. So good to hear that you've got plenty of it over there. Hey, what are you up to these days, Mark? You, you're coaching at the moment, are you? Are you doing some coaching? Uh, no, Kevin. I've um, I've had a gym called Spuds, uh, nickname from when I played footy. I've been going for many years now. Uh, so I train. It's like a studio in uh, the CBD of um, Sydney, and. I just, mate, I'm old school, mate. I'm 55 years of age. I still train like I'm trying with Des Hazza in the Manly days, and I just bash people and they keep coming back. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, I remember the uh, all the stories about Desi and yourself but, uh, back in those days, of bloody legends with your training and that. Um, mate, what do you think about South at the moment? How do you think they're going? South Sydney at the moment, well, they had a bit of a hiccup last week. I think... Um, you know, you got to congratulate the Cronulla Sharks for um, going the full 80 minutes. But uh, I think Latrell Mitchell going to centre would probably derail their back line movement. Um, he's, his input from fullback is immense since his uh, return. So I think he's back there this week. And then well, I think we've only got four or five weeks to go, Kepi. So this is the time we've got to start building momentum and uh, cohesion. And the biggest thing about cohesion is that um, you get confidence. Yeah, and do you think that South are going to probably push for the four, mate, in that last five weeks? What, what are you thinking about the eight? Who do you think to, uh, are the top four? Top four, I don't know. It's, it's confusing every every week. Um, well, I think the Sharks are going to be right up there. They've got a dream run home. Um, then the Panthers, yeah, they're going to miss Cleary. But then again, no one's really said this, mate. He's going to have four weeks off to recover, recoup. Um, now he, he did play Origin it takes it out here he's going to be fresh for the daisy when he comes back and what I've seen last week against uh, St George and it's the second game I've seen live Kempi is um, the, the Cowboys mate, they're, here to, they're here to play uh, their defence last year was horrific they've now got I mean in the top two best defensive sides in the competition and if you want to win a comp um, if you get your defence right your attack comes and they've certainly got that all covered yeah, no, they go, they're going really well. Old Toddy Payton's got them firing up there, uh, the Cowboys. Mate, and, and have you have you taken a look at our boys, the Warriors, this year? You know, like they've struggled along. They've, they've been away for three years from the country and, and finally got a couple of games under their belt. They got a bit of a bit of a tonkin last week against Melbourne, up against your old boys, South this week. What do you think about the Warriors this year? Well, I think they're 
Well, firstly, to your listeners over there, the Warriors should be commended, and also the word commended for what they did to our game. That being your game, our game. Without the uh, without the Warriors, the rugby league would have died due to COVID. So I'm I'm always full praise for them. Um, I, I just wish they, the the teams they'd be probably a bit looked after with loan players. They're certainly missing uh, stock in in play there, but. Uh, I think a new coach, new ideas. Um, I, I still remember going over there and playing Kempi. Um, you left with bruises. Double the days where you went and played the Auckland Warriors and it hurt to get tackled by those guys. Not just tackled, but also when they used to run. Oh, my God, they were like concrete. And uh, I just think next year their, their goal is to turn their home ground into a, into a stadium where it's like a fortress and, and, scared, and teams get scared to go and play them. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope they can. Let's hope they can do that. But hey, wh- what about the season so far, mate? Like Origin, you played plenty of that and 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 played well too. What did What did you make of that Origin series this year, especially that third game, uh, where Queensland just sort of dug in and got the job done against all odds? Yeah, they certainly did. Um, I just think uh, you know, the sides were picked wrong in the first game. Now, I know Freddie's a, uh, a a guy who picks on form, but there was a great couple of guys there who were sort of fit on the edge, but then again, there were some players there who bleed blue, and I'm talking about Jake Javoyevich. He's a master, he's a major piece of their jigsaw, as you can see with the Manly side. When he's missing, they uh, win games. Um, he comes back and they win the second game, and then he ends up getting bloody COVID. So that stuff, stuff's the chance to near some holes up. But you've got to commend the way Queensland play. They play the 80th minute. Um, they are so passionate. Are they a bit more passionate than us? I don't think so, but on their day, mate, they just click, don't they? They can find players with no form at all. E.G. Gagai. He was ordinary for the Newcastle Knights, and he has been since coming back, but he's been one, he was one of the best players in Origin. Yeah, no, they, they did. They sort of found a little bit of another gear, Queensland, there in that last game, and uh, we down here in New Zealand love the love obviously watching the Origin. I thought that um, most of those Queensland boys dug deep to get that third one. Mate, you... You had a, a big run in, you know, in your days with Paul Harrigan. You see a lot of that stuff now that's happening with the concussion and the we had a couple of players. We had Clary, Clary sent off last week. We had uh, that tackle on um, Joseph Tarpanier as well. What's your take yeah. on, on those uh, those tackles at the moment and where the judiciary's at, Spud? Uh, well, thank God HIA wasn't around when we were coming through camping. Mate, you just wobble these days. They take you off... Um, the days of the, the collision right with Paul Harrigan, um, they formed a legacy. It's uh, quite incredible. People still bring me up about that 95 collision. Uh, if any of your listeners have ever seen that, put in Mark Elvis, Paul Harrigan, your eyes would be like buttons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I look at that camp and I'm going, how the hell will I get off the ground? But you know, I was more worried about my dad jumping the fence and kicking me up the backside. You know? <laughs> That's how it was. But um, the, the tackles these days, um, you can't put your hand between the legs. The shoulder charge for me, mate, is um, it, I still think you should be able to hit someone shoulder to shoulder as hard as you can. But if you hit someone in the chin slash head area slash neck, it should be at least a minimum five weeks. Now this slap, oh, mate, going to give you a week off and, and $1,500. Mate, what's $1,500 or Blake is on 800 It's not enough money. It's not enough determinant. The courage and also... My main thing is with the, the hip drop one with uh, Carrion, it needed to make a precedent and say anyone does this, it's minimum eight weeks. That was horrific. Buddy Hastings is out now for the year. He nearly bent his, his foot backwards the other way, but no one goes out there intentionally to go and hurt any player. But sometimes things happen, but you must pay for your consequences. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. A, a big uh, a big talking point at the moment is Nelson Osefa Solomon. I don't know if you saw that here last week in the Warriors. Yeah. He he led with the elbow. There seemed to be an intent there. Um, young Wade Egan has to go and get a couple of teeth fixed. Have you have you thought that maybe like that point you just made there? Like you don't even need to get him to just judiciary. Just give them five weeks straight away. Is that like a reality, or or do we take the judiciary, I guess, too far down that legal avenue and think too much about intent as opposed to just saying anywhere near the head you're out? Well, if you look at the game last week, um, Hargrave tried to be a tough bloke with a uh, young Fortmother's uh, elbow, mate. You didn't. When we'll come through, mate, you hurt people with your shoulders. You don't worry about raising elbows or, or elbow uh, press. But the thing is with um, um, that, uh, the, the big Nelson, mate, that came down with force. It, that, that was impact, mate. We're talking about a bloke who's 125 kilo. The one he lost bloody teeth. And he, he got nothing. Did he get a fine? He didn't get a bloody fine. But, Kempi, mate, as I said, these fines are 1500 1800 Mate, hit someone with a 10 grand fine. I guarantee you, they'll stop doing it. Yeah, no, I, look, I totally agree with you, Mark. I think that needs to be uh, sorted out. What about, just uh, finally before I let you go, what about the referees, mate, and the errors that can creep in, especially this time of the year? Do, do you think we still need to work on these areas like the referees, the, the sideline referees, and also the bunker? Well, I heard want to be a referee. Like, I, I think we should give them a bit of uh, credence and say, well done for what they do, because I don't want the hardest games to do. But they've got the uh, the bunker. I blame the bunker. The bunker makes these silly decisions that the referee only sees it once. And you know how fast the game is, mate. They see it once, and if they can't make a decision, they then put the square up and say, we'll go to the bunker. The bunker has multiple and multiple cameras from every angle, and they still make mistakes. Like, even sometimes I think they make their eyes are painted on. I really do. It's that some of the NCAA, you look at the West Tigers when I lost that game. Will it, will it get them into the comp? To win the comp, make it in the top eight. No, but it's just on precedent. But I'm hoping they don't go down the tree and take them to the uh, to the legal uh, fraternity. Regards that two points, but it was a, it was a mistake. But wish you know you know I wish they come out, Kimmy. Yeah. They just come out and say not not bloody honestly. Get the get the referee to come out and say sorry, guys, I made a mistake. Okay, you feel better when you do that. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think well, the players have to do it. The coaches have to do it. Why don't the referees do it? Hey. Spud, just one last yeah. thing. One last thing. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this, but everyone knows about the Paul Harrigan, Mark uh, Carroll collisions and, and the Newcastle Manly days when you boys used to just, you know, you used to sit there and watch you two do that and go, my, my God, I thank God I'm not running around the front row. But who was the Kiwi um, that you came up against that sort of brought that same type of, uh, I guess, that, that dual uh, capacity that Harrigan used to bring against you? Who was the Kiwi that you used to always front up against? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I've had too many blacks to think of any of the Kiwi names, but I remember back in '95 um, World Cup over in England, um, and thank God Richie hit the post with a field goal. But the um, thing about when you play any New Zealand team, and we're talking about the uh, New Zealand fantastic test side, mate, you were sore for three days, not two, three days. You had bruises on your body. Um, so I've got to nominate the whole pack. It was it was one of these games. I, I still look at back in my career, um, back in '95. I ended up playing three tests um, in Sydney, Brisbane, and back to Sydney. That was the three hardest tests I've ever played to top it off for the World Cup.
Yeah, well, that's awesome. I remember that World Cup so game. What, as I'm saying to your listeners out there, Cammy, I want to see the Warriors back to a brutal force. So when you go over there and play on your home on your home ground, and you've got that fantastic crowd, and you've got the drums, and you've got the noises, that they're scared getting on a plane coming to play you guys. So you guys have got to go and get a couple of guys. I don't know who they're going to be, but there's, there's players out there that will bleed your colours and, and play for your, for your badge and put New Zealand on the map where they should be because, mate, they deserve to be, mate. They are one hell of a side when they're 110%. Yeah, here, here, Mark. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Running It Straight. Um, go well, mate. Hope you hope you still smash them in the gym this afternoon. Give them give them a bit of spud, yeah. Carol, for me, okay? Nice, uh, nice chat. Mate, you got me pumped up. Any any listeners come out, come and see me at seventy two Crown Street called Spud's Gym, and come and say hi anytime. But mate, you got me pumped up for the other. See you, <laughs> There you go. See you, boy. That's six again. Six again. Usually uh, on six again, we get six questions from the text machine but the text machine has gone absolutely mental uh, today so Kempi I reckon we just fire through as many as we can try and get and through so them we get through. now firstly Jamie's just text through and I've seen it on channel 9 as well um, boys great show breaking news Josh Papali'i from the Raiders is going to play for Samoa in the World Cup of course he's played for Australia and Queensland but he's committed to Samoa can be yet another one And I'll tell you right now go to the TAB doc .co.nz and get on the Kiwis at $7. Australia are playing $1.35. They're going to lose more players Australia and they yep. won't be as strong as they normally are. But the Kiwis just going to keep getting stronger when they name players like um, Josh Papali in the uh, Samoan team. Yeah, a good player to name there as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see more players surely to, to um, pull out of that Australian side. Um, probably going back to the judiciary chat at the top of the show Kempi a lot of these texts have come from that um, so someone here no name but says uh, hey boys uh, Kempi for Prez President <laughs> President of the United States maybe President of Rugby League here yeah, I don't know um, can't anything be done about the disgusting forum against waiting and come on you don't go on the sports field to get your teeth shattered your opinion oh, 100% I don't I don't think you can actually once they clear you you can't you can't do anything else about it you know that's why they set the judicial um up the way that they do so that you've got the referee that puts it on report, the judicial goes through their protocol to find whether or not there's intent, and then, yes, you've got to go and get fined or, or you go and stand up in front of the judiciary. I just think they got it wrong. Mm. It's plain well, and simple. Uh, do you, what do you, how do you feel about some people who say, there's two sides of thought here. One, Some people say going on report is a great way for uh, the game not to be ruined by, you know, red cards and symbols and you go and deal with it, you know, off field later so that the game itself isn't affected. But then other people like I know Steph said on in the commentary box, the team that um, should benefit from the punishment doesn't because it comes later, right? So say Nelson got suspended for three weeks. Well, the Warriors get nothing out of that. And they were the ones who potentially are reduced a, a player because of injury. Yeah, and that's and that's the argument, isn't it? You take away the spectacle, which media rights pays for, mm. and and make it a one-sided affair, maybe. But the other, other side of it is that the player that gets accosted, he gets injured, gets taken off, he doesn't play any part of the game, and yeah. the other team goes on and wins. Yeah when they should have been penalised. So they, they, that's, what I, that's what I mean. They have to sort it out. They have to have some consequences. Uh, yes, Sammy and Kemby, in the work environment, we, uh, work environment, we create health and safety laws around potential for harm. So sport actions should also rule on potential for harm from an action. That's a, that's a good text there. No name on I that I think one. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So, so have a set of criteria. You, you go anywhere near that action, then you, then you get four or five weeks. Pat from Christchurch says, um, 
Kempi, to get it wrong for so long with the judiciary, is this group the same people or are they on a rotation process? They need to be red carded themselves for being so blind <laughs> yeah. to the grade of misconduct. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's, look, they've had many ex-players sit on that judiciary, even when I was up in front of them a number of times when I was playing for Newcastle. Um, yeah, you, look, you go in there, you try and get off. Um, I just don't think you really need judiciary sometimes. I just think if you make it nice and clear cut, then they'll stamp it out of the game. See, Spud says fine him ten grand. I'm saying give him five weeks. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm in your camp. And someone even says, Mark says, how clearly only got five weeks. Um, that That's tackle, why I took an early play. That, that tackle was the worst I've ever seen. Drove Brown into the ground trying to hurt him. If people think otherwise, they've got rocks in their head. And like those tackles are scary because you know you only have to look at um, old uh, Alex McKinnon, you know, who's in a wheelchair, you know, from a tackle like that. So. It's yeah, I think you've so got that's, it. So it should never. So you, you don't want to wait an outcome, for that, you know. That's exactly yeah. right. So you already have an outcome. You know what can happen. Mm. You've just got to you've got to put a line in the sand and say any action like that, it, it, whether it finishes up um, poorly or not, is a, there's a consequence, and give them the, and just say that's it. Mm. So you might say right. For instance, a referee might go, right, you put your hand under the leg, Nathan, you've tipped him upside, yes, you're off, and you actually you're off and you get five weeks. Don't worry about judiciary, you're off, and you get five weeks straight away. Yeah. Why front the judiciary? Yeah, I agree. Um, some other ones here on different matters. Uh, Sam says, Kempi, uh, thoughts on this week's starting team for the Warriors? Seems odd playing Egan at six when this season is all but lost and oh, we're 100%. trying to blood Volkman and Arcee. Also, Valier on the bench when he could be playing centre for Aiken. I know Stacey won't want to lose, but the best thing for the club is for these boys to get some first-grade experience. And that, and that won't want to lose is the point, I guess, that uh, Stace is trying to make here. He's trying to get the two points. Uh, look, I wouldn't have played Wade Egan at six. I know he's an X seven, but you've gone and signed Volkman and Ussie, and, and one of them should be playing in that position, getting some experience. The other one with having uh, our mate, the the lock on the bench, and Josh Curran, yep. uh, as, as opposed to starting. Yeah, look, they've got to try and sort the middle out because when they have that rotation in the middle that come off with Fanua Blake especially until Harris starts to get tired. They haven't got Blake's carrying it through. And I'm reckoning what Stace is trying to do is use Curran to keep that momentum going. Right, okay. So it doesn't matter. In that middle, it really doesn't matter whether you start or finish. It really matters is how you keep the momentum going. And we saw that with Melbourne, the way that they used Osefa Solomon. So they pull him off eight minutes before halftime. Yep. Uh, so, so they pull him off, put him on eight minutes before halftime, give him the break at halftime, pull him off eight minutes after halftime just to keep the legs rolling through the middle of the ruck. And that's yep. where they went, jumped out of 24 points to 12. Yeah, absolutely. Chris um, asked that as well. Why why isn't Curran starting? And um, the other one from Craig says, uh, there's only one question regarding the Warriors with Andrew Webster named as coach Andrew, Mc, uh, Andrew McFadden coming back, albeit in a different role, and the signing of Tomiri Martin for the next season the only question should be is next year our year I can tell you as well um, Kempi that just coming through on my emails from the Warriors they've confirmed um, Richard Agar who's a Super League coach English born and bred um, is going to be one of Webster's assistants what do you make of I guess a few of those announcements over the last few days Cappy Tamari Martin Richard Agar well Tamari Martin I like um, but we should have never let him go in the first place. I mean, they guys don't, they don't need league. a recruitment development manager. That's just a to- that's like a token position. You know, the, the, the head coach picks your picks your recruitment and sets your strategy along with the CEO and his coaching team. So you need a development manager. Um, and Richie Agar, I know. And and if you're talking development, so we can't even get an assistant coach out of New Zealand to sit in the Warriors' seat. 
You know what I mean? We've got to go up to England. We've got to get an ex-Leeds coach and Richie Agar, who's coached Leeds, Wakefield, and probably doesn't have a job at the moment. You know what I mean? So I just, I'm, look, I don't know where their head's at. Well, I don't, I don't really know where the Warriors' heads are, heads are at. Because yeah. where you're saying you want to be the New Zealand Warriors, well, where's the New Zealand in all of these decisions? Yeah, well, you've got Cappy, um, Webster, and now Agar, but you know, all, none of them Kiwis. So, yeah, it is... Well, I'm just I'm I'm not I'm like whether they're Aussies or English or what, but yeah, the, for me, develop development means understanding New Zealand. Yeah, for sure. First and foremost, mm-hmm. and right at the top end, at the at the front office, you're getting your decisions wrong. So yeah, look up. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, to answer that question, is it next year? Oh, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a TVC, isn't it? Always is. That's the life of a Warriors fan. Um, we'll take a short break. Um, we've got some uh, games to run through for this weekend. Round 21, we're at the business end of the season, people. Um, so we will go through those right after this. Okay, round 21 this weekend. Uh, we'll run through a couple of the key games, starting with uh, tomorrow night's Thursday night game, 9.50 kickoff from the Sydney Big Cricket Ground. Roosters-Broncos. Um, the Roosters will want to bounce back from um, that Tigers loss. They are out of the top four. They're in fifth position. The Roosters in eighth, and they're trying to solidify their spot with the Raiders nipping at their heels. Um, a few changes for both sides. Obviously, for the Broncos, uh, Paddy Carrigan is out for four weeks. He'll be a big miss, but uh, Selwyn Cobbo, um, the uh, the origin winger is coming back after his concussion. Uh, Lindsay Collins, who had just returned from a concussion, has gone off for another one. Um, Kempi, so he might be out for an extended period of time. Roosters Broncos Thursday night. What are you picking? Well, I think I'm giving that one to the Roosters in a tight one. Mm. I think, uh, you know, the Roosters, like I said to you last week, I don't think the eight changes here on in. I just think the position on the table changes and uh, the Broncos possibly could go two zip uh, over the foot last, the next fort, uh, this fortnight just gone. So mm. I think the Roosters get that one. Um, yep. Losing, losing Kerrigan's a big one for the Broncos, but getting back... Uh, I think Lodge and jumps on the bench, Lodge, doesn't he? Uh, he's going straight into the starting position because um, Egan Butcher and Lindsay right, Collins that's both. A, yeah. that's, a, that's something the Warriors need at the moment. Yeah, that big. Well, we've as soon as he left, we've missed that big presence in the full pack. Um, the Friday night 8 p.m. game is the Storm and the Titans from Amy Park in Melbourne. That'll be another Cr- win for the Storm. Yeah, I, look, I don't think these cricket schools coming, but I think the Storm, <laughs> like we said in the in the call last week, these two weeks put them back in the in the top four. Another one I've circled for Friday, uh, the late night game, is the Seagulls and the Eels yeah, from Four Pines. Yeah, because the Seagulls have got all those guys coming back into the side. I'm sure they're going to be um, fired up uh, following the, the last 14 days or so. Um, then the Eels don't have Mitch Moses, who uh, is getting replaced by Jake Arthur. You remember Brad yep. Arthur's son, who gets booed every time he takes the park. So the Eels, you know, coming off a, a Panthers win, but the Seagulls, you know, are motivated, extra motivated. Yep, they're enigmatic, aren't they? The the, sea, uh, the yep. Eels, you don't know what you're going to get. I'm picking the Seagulls to win it. I, I think, think those boys, might, yeah. those boys have had a week off, have a rest, come back, and they they bounce out of the out of the gates and get the job done. Yeah, there's been a few um, injuries floating around Manly as well, so just an extra week of rest might have done them some good. Uh, then, of course, the Warriors on Saturday at five o'clock are uh, playing the Rabbitohs live commentary here on SNZ. It's from the Sunshine Coast Stadium on the Sunshine Coast, and uh, the Rabbits with a little blip after a very impressive last uh, three or four rounds. A little blip against the Sharks and Golden Point. All those changes we talked about with the Warriors, Kempi. Um, are you giving them any chance? Uh, no, look, I think it'll be a long night for them against the Rabbitohs. I think Mitchell back the fullback. Uh, he got some really good players coming back in, full in holes. And in, in the Warriors, I don't know if they've had a week, which is long enough to, to get this team uh, what hitting any type of 
gelling and form. Um, so and I, think like, yeah. I think the Rabbitohs get done and, and, and easy. All, and even though we like a, a lot of those changes, like you and Aitken into the centres, and and like some people do like um, Egan after he played six on Saturday uh, on Friday night, I just don't think you can turn all Mate, of those changes into, like into Egan, a win. You like Egan after the after that game, not me. <laughs> all right, he came up against the guy. His name was Grant yeah. Anderson on yeah. the wing for Melbourne, who. Honestly, it was one pass he would actually not from look out of place on the edge for the Warriors because he loved coming off his wing and ended up with space. Yeah, that's why Cossie scored three tries untouched. It was. I, there was one pass from Egan. I think that sold everyone. Unfortunately, that's just a classic Warriors fan. Um, it, well, I'm not going to say it's good to see because he never likes seeing this sort of thing. But I think Pompey does deserve a bit of a time in the reserves there because that edge for him has been wildly exposed um, over the last few weeks. So I think a good decision there from maybe Stace. Morgan too. Then the defensive coach. Oh yeah, maybe he deserves some time on the on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, the seven thirty game on Saturday? Panthers Raiders. Uh, now I've circled this one as well because the Raiders are a night. They're pushing for the top eight. They are on uh, the level points with the Roosters, but just behind on point stuff. But the Panthers, you know, without their two halves, and I know Sean O'Sullivan played a role for Nathan Cleary at the start of the season, but he had Luai next to him. So I just wonder with both the halves out, Kimby, does that buoy the Raiders a little bit? Do you give them a chance? I do. They're outside at the TAB at the moment. Yeah, I do. I, th- I think you know after that second half effort from Penrith against the Eels and winning on winning on points, um, they will go all right. The Panthers having those three blokes out, but I think the Raiders, if they had like I said with the Eels, if they have an opportunity and that's a run home over the next five weeks for the Panthers to try and hang on to that minor premiership, the Raiders put another dent in it this weekend. The Sharks and the Dragons Saturday night, 9.35. Sharks third, Dragons 11th um, from Points Bet Stadium in Sydney. I think the Sharks will keep going with that one. At, at home, I think so. At home. Um, the Sunday games, the Bulldogs-Cowboys is the first uh, from Bundaberg. And the Bulldogs are doing well. I think they've won four of their last six. But uh, Mate, you'd be a monk to, to bet against the Cowboys. I agree. Although, what, didn't they beat the Cowboys about six or seven weeks ago? Didn't they towel them up like Mate. 36 points to four? But... You know, during the origin period. So, That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then the last game is the Tigers' Knights. Uh, 14 plays 15, Kempe. That's what I mean. You know, like, this game here brings it a, another step closer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It does, so I think the Tigers get this one, and they do it quite comfortably. It'll be interesting if the Knights do win it, because then that does really put the Warriors in a bit of position. So you look at that round, uh, Kempe, round 21, and you could easily, it could be an easy round in terms of you could go eight from eight, but at the same time, it's the NRL. So, for example, the Eels could, you know, on paper you might, Sort of tip the the Broncos, the Eels, um, the Ray, uh, the Panthers, but then you know equally the Raiders, Seagulls, and Roosters all do the job. So that's, yeah, that's that's why it's NRL, and yeah. it's hard to pick eight from eight every weekend. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I think if you had to pick one of all of those, who's your who's your like almost your certain or, or your one that you're most confident about? Oh, West Tigers. No, of of those of those ones I just mentioned. So the Roosters, Broncos, Seagulls, Eels, and Raiders, Panthers. Oh, mate, I'd have to go. Probably the Sea Eagles, I think. Over the Eels? Yeah. You think that? Yeah, I, I might be leaning towards that as well. Um, we'll take one more short break. When we come back, we'll go inside the 10. <laughs> yeah, inside the 10. We've only got about a minute and a half here, Kempi. I also see that um, Tony Edor's uh, nephew. Uh, Kevin Edor's son uh, is it KL 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 um, has just signed on for the Sharks I mentioned it on Staffy's show he was under 20 for the Warriors um, but he signed on for the Sharks and apparently very impressive in New South Wales Cup I think he scored 18 tries this season very exciting speedster but just got the pedigree yeah mate, his father the beast could play but um, just another one, you know, let go, I guess. Um, another out of Warriors, Warriors 20. Yeah, yep. uh, let go of the system. Um, well, the surprising one about that is that Tony Edel's in the in the uh, development 
um, yes. position there, and they've let that one go, and the Cronulla Sharks pick up another one. You know, it's look. There's, I know, I don't know how we haven't got very long to go, but Daniel Anderson brings Sydney City over here, uses half of the ex Warriors, Ali Lal Titi, Brent Webbs, and that, and takes all of our best kids back to Sydney City. We have to stop that mm. seriously. All right, mate, we could do, yeah, we could do a whole three hour show on that one day. I reckon we dig into it. As I always say, Kempi, we never have enough time. We, if only we had 80 minutes. Well, like a rugby league game. We might get it through it all. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. We'll see. Um, that is us for another week. We'll be back next Wednesday. Live commentary of the Warriors this Saturday here on SCNZ, but it's the run home up next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.